0: Welcome to the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. I'm Patrick, and with me, as always, my colleague, Jakub. Hey. Hey, Patrick. Today's episode is all about the nine key people in a process mining project. Who are the most vital and who are the most handsome? Stick around to find out.
1: I am a data scientist, my co-host Patrick is also a data scientist, however, we are not the only people who are involved in a process mining project. We like to think of ourselves to be the most important and also most handsome (laughs) persons on the project, but truth to be told, the other colleagues are no less vital. Uh, Today we will name nine key positions that are usually involved in process mining initiatives or that we'll, we believe should be at some point involved in the project. Uh, you're listening to the Mining Your Business podcast, and uh, let's do it. Uh, so as we will be introducing you to a different positions, to a different people that are usually working on these projects, we thought that we should give somehow a structure to this episode. So we've created, let's say, a template of, of a questions, of uh uh, standardized uh, approach that we will be talking about these positions, and uh, I will introduce you to it so that you know what uh, where we are going with it. I think we need to always answer a couple of questions. Uh, the most important question is that uh, what do these people do? We will basically uh, throw there these names of the positions, the names of the people, and you might not know what uh, what does it even mean because, uh, to be honest. I wouldn't know if I didn't work in process mining. So uh, that's something something we really need to uh, go into details with. Then we will basically go around uh, that. We will try to dig a bit deeper. We will talk about what their job is, uh, also what their goal or motivation is, because different people have, have different stakes in the in the in the project and might be also involved in a different phase. Uh, Some people are coming with a different knowledge, uh, different backgrounds. Uh, This is also interesting to mention. And uh, we will also try to think about what would happen if... So two things. We will think about what would happen if uh, the person uh, wasn't involved in this project. So what would happen if, the? let's say, as I said, we are the data scientists. So what would be the downsides uh, if data scientists weren't there? Uh, and the second thing uh, that we will also try to answer is, uh, for the person, for the key, uh, key uh, people in the project, what does it mean when the project goes well? And what do they consider to be a project well executed? Patrick, anything to add here? Uh, no, Jakub, honestly, that was, that was perfect. All right, fantastic. Uh, Then, uh, Patrick, what is the first position? I I know that we like to brag about ourselves, uh, so I think I know where you're going to go with the first one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we are the most important, so
0: no surprise, number one, we're talking about the data scientist, right? So what does a data scientist even do? We have had multiple episodes about this, like what the actual job is, what we do, but let's just say we are responsible for the technical implementations of the, of the process mining implementation, right? So we write the code, we make sure it runs, we make sure the data model is stuck together properly and the
1: analysis are built up to the specifications. Right. I would add here uh, to, if you uh, want to have a bit more details on what the data scientists do, you can go listen to one of our older episodes, uh, uh, namely the one with Simon Bach, where he essentially uh, dissects step-by-step what is his job when he starts working on a process mining project? So definitely check this episode out. Yeah, so um, having said that, that is the job that the data
0: scientist does. The goal is similarly aligned, as in we obviously want to um, provide the users at the end of the day with a tool that that they work with, that they trust, and that gives them a lot of value, right? That is the goal. Uh, I would say, as a data scientist, to have a tool to build the analysis, to build the process mining implementation in such a way that it really drives value at the end of the day for, for the business users.
1: Right. Uh, Patrick, does a data scientist need to always be uh, like external like us? We are basically the implementation partners. We are accompanying our uh, clients on the process mining journey. Uh, can the client do, them, do it themselves? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you and
0: I have both spoken with departments where the data science is live and well. And uh, so there are in-house data scientists in a lot of companies doing exactly the things that we do, right? Right. So in that sense, it it doesn't really matter who it comes from. The motivation is the same, either external or internal.
1: Okay. Uh, So I guess the knowledge here, we don't really need to go deeper into that. There needs to be let's say, relatively good, uh, let's say, both technical and IT knowledge, because what you're doing is that you are not only uh, building up the dashboards and building up the event logs and, you know, making process mining process mining, but you also need to understand everything that's going on on the background. So you are usually responsible for extraction of data, you need to organize people around to make uh, sure that everything runs smoothly. And even though you have some, uh, some uh, sparring partners in this, uh, it, you still need to know what you're talking about, right? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, knowledge is key here, right? The clients come to us exactly for our expertise. So the knowledge that we bring is, uh, I think, our biggest uh, driver, right? That is why people come to us exactly for that knowledge.
1: Okay, Patrick, right um, then...
0: Uh, another another thing that I would like to mention for the data scientist is at what part of the project are they actually involved, right? Because we don't really see the starts of these projects much, yeah. right? Right. So in the scoping process, what actually needs to be implemented, things like that, usually we're kept out of those um, just so we can actually focus on the technical implementation when that actually starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've been part of some projects that have uh, involved you as a data scientist longer um, Than they maybe should have, um, but usually we are in the very heavy in the implementation for, uh, phase of the project, the validation phase. But when it comes to the realizing of the values and actually user adoption, that's kind of when we, when yeah. we jump,
1: yeah. jump off. This is probably my different experience than yours. Uh, and that is that I was around our company when we were starting out, when uh, we weren't uh, dividing into data scientists and business consultants. We will get to the business con- consultants in a second. Uh, well, but just uh, just to wrap it around uh, what we were doing, we were basically was uh, working as both positions, as we really had to understand the business perspective then build the solution and then also present everything and basically hand it over. Now what we are doing is that we basically we, we have two different positions for this, so that the data scientist really focuses on the on the um, uh, IT part of the of the project. And uh, before we move to the business consultant, which will be our second position, uh, Patrick, what would happen if uh, the data scientist wasn't involved? or if the data scientists weren't involved in the project or didn't do a very good job? Well, let's say if they weren't
0: involved at all, then the project wouldn't go nowhere, right? There would be nothing to validate. There would be no data analysis to look at. There would be essentially nothing. If they did a bad job, I would say that um, validation would uh, grind to a halt. You know, none of the data looks right. None of the KPIs uh, are what they're supposed to be. Users don't really relate to the data, the dashboards. It, they can't really use the tool at the end of the day, which essentially all leads to low adoption of the tool and usually um, an
1: end of the of the license to the process mining tool. right so And the second question then goes uh, as I said, uh, what would mean, and since you are a data scientist, I can ask this very personally, Patrick, what would mean for you uh, if the project went well, or what would you consider project well done?
0: I would consider a project well done that if after a couple of months they come back and saying everybody likes what we've done here and they want to do something more and they come back for seconds, that's usually <laughs> for me a sign that the project went well.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna oppose a bit. For me, the best project is that I don't uh, the customer is so happy that they don't even uh, like want to do anything else about the process I've implemented that everything is running smoothly and they can just get the value out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Shall we move on to business consultants, Jakub? For sure, for sure, Patrick. Uh, Business consultant. Let me know, what do they do? Yeah, the business consultant, uh, we already uh, touched uh, this topic a bit uh, with the data scientists. The business consultants are uh, colleagues of the data scientists. They make sure that uh, whatever is the desire of the business Uh, you know, is extracted and reaches it to to the data scientist so that they cover all the topics that the business people, the eventual users of the tool, uh, you know, share what they want to do, what they want to measure, how do they want to use the tool. And he makes sure or she makes sure the business consultant that the data scientist who will be implementing it knows what to do. So I think this is this is the, the first part. And the second part is at the later phase of the project when the data scientists are done with their implementations, the business consultants uh, take over again the torch. You know, it's Olympics time right now when we are recording. So <laughs> let's use this, let's use this <laughs> term. And they take over the torch and um, they go back to the business and they hand over the project and go for the value creation. So this is what business consultants do.
0: So what it sounds like to me is that the involvement of the business consultant happens
1: relatively early and leads throughout the entire project all the way to the end. Is that right? Absolutely, Patrick. Absolutely. So the business consultants don't necessarily need to be deep on the technical knowledge. However, they need to have, they need to be aware of the processes. So if they are working on the purchase to pay project, they kind of need to know what does it mean when a customer is talking about invoicing or, uh, I don't know, uh, create or or purchase changes and so on so that he can then, uh, share this with the data scientist. So I would say that the, the, the knowledge here is more from the business perspective, not really from the IT, uh, but they are not less vital to the project than the data scientist, for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would even say that the whole goal and motivation of a business consultant is far more reaching than that of a data scientist, right? Because they are essentially leading the client by the hand throughout the entire project, exactly. right? So the goals and the motivations are are. Are somewhat aligned with the data scientists, but I think they're far larger in scope.
1: Yeah, I kind of envy sometimes to the business consultants because they usually see the fruit of our labor more than we ever do. <laughs> so True. good for them. Uh, hopefully, we can also <laughs> hand over a good job because I don't. I wouldn't like to be in a in a, a skin of a business consultant who uh, receives a very Bad, badly implemented project, and has to go to a client and present it. I would kill <laughs> such a data scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. We do get a fast one on them
0: every once in a while. Yeah, but le, let let me ask you. Um, so you would say that the business consultant is relatively important. Can you tell me why?
1: Yeah, uh, he for oversees uh, the implementation usually from the the. Uh, Uh, let's say technical perspective and uh he also his job is also to explain to the business people to the people who will be using the process mining tool uh how to use it why they should use it why should they even care and he makes sure that the job of the data scientist translates well into adoption yeah that that that
0: pretty much sums it up perfectly i think um are there any hallmarks from a business consultant where you say, oh, this, uh, this is a good outcome for a business consultant and this is a bad outcome for a business consultant?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, ideally the business consultant would see uh, in a couple of weeks or months of usage of a process mining tool such as Solonis, uh, that customer is actually reaching the goal that they have, uh, uh, you know, uh, targeted at the beginning of the project. I mean, that's probably... Uh, the only way on how to measure his his, uh, his success, yeah fair so like if um if they say oh we want to reduce
0: price changes after this point by ten percent right that's a metric that you can measure you go back after a year and see if you've actually managed to do that precisely so mm-hmm. uh yeah okay um shall we move on to the project let's sponsor? Move on
1: let's move on, Patrick, so who are what is the role of the project sponsor and who are we really talking about uh, when we say
0: project sponsor? Well, I, mean, I would say the project sponsor is the person that in the company or the that that wants to implement a process mining solution is the driving force behind getting it done. You're the person that contacts the people saying, hey, we have this need of this uh, software. We're interested. You know, he talked to the, to the sales, seeing what the features are and these types of things. They're usually also very heavily involved in um, getting the right project together, um, getting the right people in there and kind of overseeing the, that it also gets done. Right. Have I got that right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, why are they so important then? Well, I mean,
0: for, with them, it's critical that they stand behind the, their, their own people, right? They're the, they're the ones need to be motivating the the people to you know, in the project management to be there so we can implement it, right? They need to be there to make sure that the, the validation is done correctly so the business users at the end of the day um, accept the tool um, and they are very much the pushing force, you know, talking to management why they need this tool, um, how much savings they will get. So really, like, um, like <laughs> without them, um, there would be no motivation inside the company to actually get it done. You know,
1: that, that's why they're so critical. So uh do you think uh and this is uh like an open question that uh, in a process mining project uh the decisiveness and uh the the goals are uh highlighted or let's say made from up to the bottom uh of the of the chain or do you like uh what I'm trying to say is that uh, if the user adoption is really coming from the, from the beneath, from the users themselves, or does it have to be like, uh, some project sponsor is telling the people. So this is not the tool and he's making all possible. He's making the awareness sessions. He's making, uh, he's trying to push the users into using it because, you know, there are many, many BI tools being used in uh, large enterprises every day and, uh, going from having the implementation finished. And using them is uh, no easy piece of cake, really.
0: Oh no, I—that's true. And I know what you're, you know, what you're getting at. So I would, uh, I would say that it's not really a direction problem if it comes from top or bottom. I think it's just a capacity problem. A lot of people that we've spoken to, I know you've had these conversations where um, the tool is provided, and then they say, "Well, you know, when are we supposed to do this? We have so many tasks. Now we're getting yeah. an additional tool on top of that, right?" So I think the the project sponsor not only has to advocate for the tool, but also giving the people that are supposed to use it the capacity to actually use it, right? And obviously obviously that involves uh, management uh, saying, hey, we're going to take like five hours a week from this person's day uh, and focus it on a new tool because it'll provide Mm -hmm. us value, which means reducing five hours from other things, right? That obviously needs convincing and that also needs the, the driving force of the project sponsor.
1: Yeah. This might, be, this might be a bit tricky zone because you're essentially uh, reducing someone else's workload uh, just to add something else on top of uh, their uh, workday, really. And uh, this needs to usually have some uh, very good reason.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely.
1: Uh, what would mean for a project sponsor uh, as a, for a project to be considered well done? Um, for the project sponsor, I would
0: say that the users are happy at the end of the day. The management is happy at the end of the day because they they value the tool. You know, you advocated for this tool and it's bringing the value that you said it would deliver. And I think that would be the for the project sponsor, the you know, getting their money back at the end of the day, right? Because it's a business case after all, we're spending X amount on this tool and it should be Y in value that we return at
1: end of one year. And Y should obviously be bigger than X, right? So, Right. So you essentially also answered the other part of the question or the previous question, what would happen if the project project didn't go very well or they didn't do a very good job? And that would be that they just spend a lot of money on a tool that nobody's using. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) On a tool
0: that no one's using. That's got to be the most frustrating thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So
1: let's hope that with our help, you won't get there. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Because it's as frustrating as uh, for data scientists as it is for the company. Oh, absolutely. I mean, because
0: a lot of these analyses and data models, you know, you put a lot of time into them and you really make sure that it's usable and it shows you the right information. So if you see that your work isn't being used, yeah, it's kind of like a punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. True. All right. Project manager. Should we move on?
1: Yeah, Patrick. Fantastic. Let's move to the project manager. So tell
0: me. What do they do?
1: yeah uh, this is my favorite role, really, uh, and it's because also I kind of profiled myself to be a project manager from the implementation partner perspective uh, but there are essentially two two uh parts of this. so there has to be a project manager from both the customer perspective, so that's uh the that's the company that's uh trying to implement the process mining. And then there has to be a project manager from the implementation perspective. Uh, so from the implementation partner, or even from the when uh, the company is implementing it from within, then it's a project manager just from a different department. Uh, this is very important because in process mining projects, uh, as you already probably noticed, there is so many people involved, so many people. I'm currently working on a major project. Uh, where we are implementing about six or seven domains. So six or seven different processes. And Patrick, I'm not even kidding if I, if I told you that uh, over, la- over the course of last eight or nine months, I talked to at least 100 different people. <laughs> it's really insane. Oh, wow. You don't remember all the names? It's just, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't remember. I remember like three <laughs> names. I'm not very good with names. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so just to give you an idea on how complex this can become, and some people you just talk to once and uh, that's done, Uh, some you just keep talking or contacting on a continuous basis. But the importance here is that the from the customer perspective, the project manager must know who to involve, at what point then uh, they should involve them, and to uh, what degree they should involve them. So they need to make sure that the project is running well and that the resources are always there when requested. Right. While from the implementation perspective, the project manager really makes sure that uh, from the very first moment you talk to the customer until you essentially give them the keys from their brand new process, (laughs) uh, everything goes well, it's delivered on time, and everything is correct. So... You know, similar goals but uh, different, different uh, tasks. I would say.
0: Yeah. So I guess the knowledge they're bringing to the table is knowing exactly who to involve at what specific time in the project in order to get the most out of uh, out of those people, right?
1: Absolutely. And the key here is the communication between those two managers, really between those two PMs, uh, because what they do. So the implementation partner, the implementation manager. He knows or she knows uh, who and when to involve. So uh, they share it with the customer project manager, who then makes sure that these people are available. Right. So uh, if uh, when I'm a project manager, uh, the pe- the person who I talk most with is the customer project manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we become very good, very good buddies. Uh, okay. Okay.
0: Nice. Um, so what what are the hallmarks of a good um, PM?
1: Uh well the the project is delivered on time and everyone is happy. So I think uh that's that's uh, how they assess that they did a good job.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so what if they don't do a very good job? What does the project look like then?
1: Ah, uh, it's a mess. It's <laughs> late, everybody's angry with each other. Uh the communication is not there. Uh it's not progressing as expected. Ah, uh, yeah.
0: So I can I can hear the frustration in your voice. So would it be fair to say, (laughs) would it be fair to say that for, for example, a business consultant or a project sponsor, there's a very, uh, a very static thing that you can test, right? Did you get the business value that you said you would? Yes, no. Right. But if a project manager isn't there or does a bad job, it sounds like it leads to a lot of resentment and frustration.
1: True, true. And the people who are involved in the project are not happy because, uh, you know, they don't know really what's going on. They don't know when or what should they do. And uh, project manager makes to needs to make sure that this doesn't happen. Yeah. So keeping everyone involved uh, when necessary and making sure that everything uh, goes according to plan and is executed well. Yeah. So very vital for the whole project, I would say. As everyone, we will mention. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, uh, moving on. Next in the list, they're the module experts. What do we mean with module experts, Jakub? Uh Well, I
1: thought you, you could tell us.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, module experts, usually when we go in and we talk about these processes, what we want to implement, there's a database somewhere that keeps the data that we need to extract to transform and then actually load into the data model, right? So... Usually, these things are very similar because a lot of them are typical uh, ERP systems like SAP. So, you know, we've seen it before. However, there could be custom implementations of the standard things that we're used to, right? And so these custom implementations obviously have a history. There's a motivation there why they exist. And there's a person there that knows exactly how that works, right? So these people, the module experts, know specifically what in their ERP system functions what, what tables tie together with what, yeah. where to expect information, where not to expect information, just so we can, uh, as data scientists, more readily and easily get to the information that is actually required by the project, right? So that's yeah. kind of what the module experts are. They're, they're there to keep the ERP system um, as, uh, well, let's say, give the information about the erp system because every company does things a little differently right
1: yeah and i can give you even a very good example so we were implementing this uh, accounts payable process Uh, so basically the end of purchase to pay somehow when you are uh, processing the invoices and we had four erp systems no problem there but each erp system had uh, a different invoice scanning system and it was a, a a huge mess so we did have a knowledge a previous knowledge of one of them but then the remaining three were a complete mystery to us uh so they had these weird names and you know how is it with documentation especially of mm-hmm. these uh it's not really a custom system but it's not uh sap original so it's some kind of a let's say a, a bundle or a, a build up on top of the imp- of, of, on top of the standard things and then you really then the project manager is obviously needed because the project manager needs to know who to contact uh in order to share the knowledge uh about this invoice scanning system and then there needs to be a data scientist who kind of understands and the module expert also needs to understand what the data scientists need (laughs) to understand right that's a lot of understanding (laughs) yeah yeah
0: exactly so i think that's the key here so I mean, as much as we would like to say we know everything, we don't. We come into people's um, ERP systems or databases, and these are completely new tables, new information, new formatting or whatever, right? So we need to know exactly what we're looking at, where to find the right information. And the module expert is exactly the person that should hold that information. So um, technically, there's a lot of um, talk back and forth between data scientists and uh, module experts to be able to provide the right information.
1: Yeah, uh, honestly, I haven't been part of uh, implementation that would be, or let's say in my three years of experience, I didn't implement the same thing twice. (laughs) So there's (laughs) always some deviation from the standard or something extra. And uh, it's, as you say, we are not, we don't know everything. And this is usually the part where we really uh, need to be modest and listen.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. One of the scariest things I think that can happen in for as a data scientist is when you don't know anything about some table and you're really looking um, to get in touch with your module expert that is able to tell you, you write them a nice email. Hey, I need this and this and this and this and this and this. And the automatic response comes, hey, I'm on vacation for three weeks. See you then. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's one of the scariest things.
1: Yeah and that's where the project manager starts getting worried <laughs> 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 because yeah. the timeline is on the on the block and uh this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh this is inter- the 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 position of the module expert is interesting in this project because uh the stakes uh for for module expert are not very high. So uh me personally uh as a data scientist I usually I'm not a big fan of talking to module experts because you have to be really careful in how you communicate with them and how nice you are to them uh because eventually they are the only people who can help you with the problem and if you don't extract it well or if let's say by any chance you are pressuring them and they don't it's really not none of their business this project of process mining right so was, they yeah. are Yeah, yeah. Go on, Patrick.
0: No, I I was about to say, these are the people with the least skin in the game, right? They don't care about your process mining implementation whatsoever. They have the knowledge and you need it. So it's always asking, it's always like asking somebody for permission a little bit, you know?
1: Exactly. So this is when a data scientist needs to be become a person people, because you are talking about, uh, you know, module experts, that's usually one person in a company the only person who knows the problem and who can answer your questions. And if you make them, by any mistake, unhappy or a little annoyed, you will have a tough time.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they very much hold the keys to the data castle and <laughs> yeah, you, you need something from it. <laughs> yeah. So
1: treat them nicely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So I guess that's one of the biggest things that if they're not involved, it's just data scientists randomly guessing and searching for information. Right, Which is not very effective. No, you you, you would think. <laughs> so um, that is one of, the, one of the signs that if a project isn't going well, the module expert isn't responding to the emails or on time or gives half answers and you have to follow up and then organize a call and things like that. Usually yeah. delays the whole process by a little bit.
1: I guess we, uh, and by we, I mean data scientists, uh, we've all been there. <laughs> In f- some form or another, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Patrick, let's move on to our number six on the list, which is a business user. Uh, Who is the business user? Uh, Very straightforward answer. The business user is someone who is going to use the report. So this is the person, the consumer of the work of the data scientist and essentially of the whole project team. Because the business users, uh, their job uh, ideally will be using the report. Making uh, their, we will be making their job easier and they will look for the value in the process mining reports.
0: That is 100% correct. Arguably the most important person or people in the project. I mean, I mean th- this is a controversial opinion, <laughs> but I would say at the end of the day, these people will use the reports, as you said. If they don't, then there's no point to anything, right? So that is... Why? They need to sign off on, on the end result, right? So in a way, they are critical in, in that sense, right?
1: Yeah. And uh, since you already mentioned business consultant, uh, so to a certain degree, he should be able to, first of all, enable the business users. So, uh, you know, uh, tell them how to use the report, where to look for what. But also, and what I think is even more important, Make them a little excited about it because if you are a business user, just, just think about it. You are working in a huge corporate, uh, you know, you sit in the office every day, you, you have to do a lot of reporting, you do a lot of uh, emailing, a lot of checking. Let's say if you're in invoicing or in the AP part of the process, you check the invoices all the day. And then there is this tool which at the first sight, it just seemed like an extra workload, and you are just so fed up with it. you just don't want to do that. but on the other hand, what we are giving giving you uh uh keys from is a very interesting tool, so you can actually start playing and enjoy your work even more because it's uh we know all how s a p looks and it's really not an enjoyable part of the of the day i would say it's not it's it's really a tool that looks like from the 90s but no (laughs) no no shade you know no 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 shade. no (laughs) offense no no offense uh it's just a fake it's just a very uh archaic looking like a tool and then if you suddenly go into selenis this is this bright and shiny new toy and if you get at least a little excited about it which you i think you should then uh, really the sky is the limit on what you can do. You can even use the tool, if you're a business user, you can even use the tool to speed up your career in a sense. Because if you know how to use it, if you know how to uh, you know extract value from it uh, and communicate it to your management, somebody will notice for sure. Absolutely.
0: And I mean, this uh, is a very good point. I was going to go a different way, Like um, getting the new shiny toy and getting excited about it, that is one thing. I think also if you think about it in your day-to-day tasks, like once or twice a week, you get an email, an angry email about an invoice you haven't paid yet. And nobody knows what what they're talking about. There's a frantic search to find what they're talking about and uh, figure out if it's actually late or not, that type of thing. And then the business consultant can just say, oh yeah, you know those um, late invoices that seem to be a headache every once in a while? Here they all are in one report. Yeah. And this is the ones that are about to be late. You might want to do something about it, right? So just yeah. being able to take the, the common pains from the business users and make their life easier, I think gets them very excited about using such a tool.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to have this little shout out to business users to really think about their position as being an owner of the report, so really take the initiative because if you want, no one else probably will. There's only as much as we can do as the data scientists or uh, business consultants because we only open the the door a little for you, and then it's you who really have to smash through them and 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 you know explore and and uh, and process really.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so you they're the person that will have to take over the report at the end like we keep saying they have to work with it and if there's something that bothers them about it or information that they're missing it's very much a hey talk about it so we can add it so it'll be more useful to you not just say well it doesn't do what i want it to do well how do you want it to do stuff (laughs) so i think that's (laughs) the um that's one of the main questions i think that is um also like flowing into the requirements at the first stages of the project uh, the process mining implementation what do the business users actually want what is important for them like what will be useful for them to to be able to work with the tool right
1: yeah uh all right patrick let's move into the uh, last third of our list and we are now talking about it experts what do we mean by it experts it experts essentially um technical people
0: inside the organization, inside inside the client's uh, organization that help you um, do all the technical things that data scientists need to do or business um, consultants need to do um, in order to be able to implement the process mining project, right? So I'm talking network access, right? VPN access, getting the user rights, being able to access the databases. Um, all these things requires a lot of people at some point... In in the process, right? They need a network um, person to be able to um, release the the firewall lock or something, so Salonas can actually communicate with the databases. So yeah. so there needs to be somewhere that knows all about the company's network, right? So that's one of them. Another one is a, a database uh, admin, right? They know how to extract the data, put it in places, um, the the permissions that uh, that are required to get that done. Right, so there's um, there's a myriad of people that need to be involved here. Little little
1: pieces of work, but all very 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 vital. Exactly, and this is also one of the biggest bottlenecks in process mining project. And I always uh, highlight this at the very beginning. Uh, whenever I start on a new initiative, I always tell them be ready that before we actually can start working, it can take anywhere between two to two weeks to four months. Because the more complex, <laughs> I know it sounds absolutely horrifying to, to wait to set up the IT infrastructure for four long and cruciating months, but it's just what it is. Uh, there are some organizations, uh, let's say, have a different standards of security. So you need to uh, involve some security teams or some extra layers of security, which are some uh, uh, systems. And that's another team of people who it's an extra layer that you need to interconnect between your uh, Sonus instance uh, and their database. I even worked on a project where uh, we were dealing with a very old SAP system 4.6, which is not supported by Sonus anymore. Uh, surprise, surprise. We found out in the very uh, beginning of the project. <laughs> uh, and then what, what do we do? All right, so we had to sit with the that team from the 4.6 and we really looked at our options. What can we do? Uh, so what they could do is run some kind of ABAP report, which is uh, really just a, a way of uh, setting up some extraction from that old system. And then they need to first extract it in some kind of a data lake in their network. And this was really pain because the system, first of all, it was massive. Like we are talking about, hundreds of gigabytes of data uh, some of the tables uh, surprise surprise very important tables for our process mining uh, pro implementation couldn't be extracted because of their size uh, Oh boy! <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, we had to look for different ways on how we can still get the information we need but not from the tables that just couldn't be done and uh this 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 was uh, such uh let's say such a big bump in the way that uh everybody lost uh an appetite for the process mining and it was very <laughs> difficult uh once we started with the implementation to to renew it for them and to really get them excited again because it was really long and really really tough for everyone yeah that that sounds pretty rough and i mean that also suffers, suffers from
0: the same um aspect as the module experts do, because at the end of the day, somebody that sits in networking doesn't really care about your process mining implementation, right? You're you're they need to help you do something. I think it should also be pointed out that you mentioned the data security aspect. And I think that is also a very good one. Because if you're a data security um officer at your company, right? You're you make sure that all the the data is secure. And then some some people come to you and say, hey, We want to take your entire business data, (laughs) package it up, (laughs) send it over the internet and pump it into a cloud. And we need your help to do it. He's going to be, he or she's going to be saying, you want me to do what now? Like it's, it's, it's a struggle, right? So there need to be a lot of key pieces and overcoming those hurdles can take longer, as you said, than, than a lot of people expect.
1: And uh FYI, like if you are about to do process mining uh initiative or implementation, uh these questions should be answered already from the beginning. And I know that the proof of concept or proof proof of value, whatever you want, uh that's is usually hosted by the process uh, mining vendor, uh they, you know, emphasize this, but maybe they could emphasize it even even stronger so that there are eventually no gaps or no surprises uh when game time comes
0: absolutely absolutely so jakub i think that um covers the it experts relatively well do you want to move on to the customer success manager
1: oh yeah i do uh before i dig into customer success manager i would just say that if you really really want to do uh, want to know what they do just again go listen our older episode uh with jan lenge Uh, who works as a customer success manager in Solonis. So he will give you a very good uh, idea about what they do. If I try to sum up, and I will now try to recall what he was saying all those months ago. uh, (laughs) So the customer success manager uh, is there from the vendor perspective. So let's say if you're implementing Solonis, he's the person from Solonis that is a focal point for the and I would say probably the project manager or the project sponsor uh, from company that is implementing process mining solution, and he make or they make sure these customer success managers that uh, the the customer is happy, uh, so that they know what they are doing, that uh, the implementation is going relatively well, that the tool is performing as it should, uh, that there are no problems, no open questions. And if they are, and the implementation partner uh, cannot really answer that because those questions are, let's say, tool-related. However, here I need to highlight how good the, the uh, documentation for Salonis is. Uh, so you can usually un- find an answer in there. But regardless, even when you don't, then you can approach the customer sex manager and uh, she or he, they can just uh, pull some lever and uh, get someone from the vendor uh, who can sort out the problem
0: exactly, so like a a focal point for the the client to be to answer any and all questions, for example, where do I get where do we do the enablement? you know are my accounts uh, free like you know things like that? Hey, we need more licenses for more users we, we're, yeah. we need less APC, more APCs thing, things like that, right
1: exactly. Yeah, I would say if you really want to know more, go listen to our older episode and uh, let's let's move on, Patrick. Yeah,
0: okay. So um, last but not least, um, customer support from the vendor perspective. Now, um, I wanted to include this because as much as I would like to say everything goes smoothly and swimmingly with every single software I've ever used, things don't really work that way. So um, a a focal point to be able to submit tickets saying, hey, this doesn't work as it should, right? Some Somebody that handles those requests in a timely manner um, and that can respond to you, ask the right questions so they can drill down and get to the root cause of the issue um, cannot be understated. They're, they're, they are an unfortunate side effect of dealing with software that sometimes things can go wrong and they are there to to help you fix it,
1: right? Yeah. Uh, customer support matters.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, as much as um, it always kind of sucks because the the bar of entry is already that something isn't working, right? So you're already coming at them with a broken perspective, right? So yeah. things aren't working as they should, so they need to help you fix it. So yeah, that's why customer service always gets a bad rap because you know they they always have to deal with broken things.
1: Yeah. So ideally, these people are. Uh, you know uh weren't even involved in the project and if they do uh we just hope that they can help us out because uh at least us we don't really reach out to them unless really really required or necessary uh and then we really need the best support that we can we can really have so that we can uh sort out our issues as fast and as smoothly as possible
0: exactly exactly and i think that's all i want to mention um So I think those were the nine key people in a process mining implementation. I would like to say the most important person though is however you, the listener. We appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you for
1: sticking (laughs) around to the end. Yeah, you said it very, very nicely, Patrick. I would also like to thank you for your attention. Uh, We are very happy to say that our podcast is growing, that we uh, get some nice and nice feedback, supportive emails. So uh, if you have anything on your mind, anything you would like to share with us, If you have ideas about the episodes or some guests that we should invite, or if you even want to be the guest who we should invite, just drop us an email on mindingyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. If we forgot anyone in the list that we've just shared with you, just again, write us. We will be very happy and we're excited to read your uh, remarks. And as usual, uh, we will hear from you or you will hear from us actually in two weeks (laughs) in the next episode. So, Patrick, thank you very much, and uh, thank you as well. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye.